1: It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that. We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around
2: average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 300.
1: Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes.
0: the best Buckeye podcast by fans, for the fans
3: where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO
0: podcast. Oh wait.
2: Welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wiles. That man down there is Sergeant MVP Aaron Brown. And that man over there, well, he's JR. We just don't have a good nickname for him yet. So it's going to happen eventually. Maybe you guys can uh, offer that up. I would say the insider is the insider's insider. He's our insider. But... Uh, and he's also perfect on everything he's told us with predictions. So all of you Michigan fans who want to get on here and hate on us and say, you guys are just jealous because we won three times, blah, 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 blah. Just wait. It's coming. jr's not been wrong yet. So just saying. I, just, I love that JR, they're like, you you guys are the only ones who are saying this. I'm like, well, okay. that's it's It is what I'm it is. The only
4: ones who know it. Why would you say something if
2: you don't know it? Yeah, you know, it is what it I is, see, I Christian
4: guess. fans just bury their head in the sand and put their head on <laughs> and say, nothing's happening, and then go off to their own place. I don't know where they go. Yeah, true. It's are place the-
2: dark, but I don't know if it's in the sand. <laughs> That's true. We are the official Ohio State podcast of Fansided in the Scarlet and Game site. Head on over to ScarletInGame.com. Check out all the great articles by all their great writers, including yours truly, guys. That site got a makeover this week, so it looks very different than what it did before. Uh, still getting used to it. Eh, kind of indifferent. Kind of. I'm I'm old, so I like things the way they are. And when they change, it like messes with me because, like I said, I'm old. But uh, anyways, uh, the check that out. Uh, you're sure to get all kinds of good stuff there. And uh, by the way, we've got all kinds of good things tonight, including our very first topic, which I guess, guys, let's just dive right into it. I mean, why not, since it's the, the hottest thing going right now. Kyle McCord is orange. Or is he yellow? Yeah, see what I did there? See what I did there? Hey, I'm, I'm here for all the heat, guys. I All week long, I wrote an article. Did you did you guys read that article I wrote about him? This week, I called him Coward, (laughs) and (laughs) I have been called every name in the book this week because of that, and that's okay. That's okay. Like, if that's how you feel, you think that I don't have the the, uh, ability to call him that, that's fine, but I just think – after what we saw him not only do with Ohio State and leaving after going 11 and 1, but then going over to Lincoln, Nebraska. And guys, you can say the timing is what it was, but as soon as Dylan Riola had a had a uh, crystal ball flip to Nebraska, what did we hear? He's out. To me, what do you call that if it's not being a coward? Now, some are saying, oh, it's because Coach Rule said, I don't want you. I have not heard that at all. I think he wanted him. I think he wanted him to come in and compete for the starting job. Just like Ryan Day probably wanted him to stay and compete for the starting job. But instead, Kyle McCord decides to go to Syracuse, and some are saying he's going to be the guaranteed starter there. I would say that's probably a pretty good chance. Was it a good move? I'll start with you, Aaron. Kyle McCord to Syracuse. Do you like it? I don't care. <laughs>
3: He's not in Columbus, and that's, that's, that's really all I wanted, dude. No disrespect, but, I mean, it's, it's clear that the dude's not a competitor. He doesn't want the competition, or his dad doesn't want the competition. And no matter how you look at it, to me, I don't want that. I don't want that in my backfield, calling plays, running the offense. I want none of that. I want a guy that's out there to compete, to win the job, and to be pushed to his absolute limits to be his best. Clear to me, running from Nebraska, leaving Ohio State, he's going to Syracuse. thats I'm fine with it, man. He's a coward. And if you want to talk about words other than coward that we could use – It would go against community uh, whatever. Guidelines. And I don't want to get – yeah, I don't want to get (laughs) – it starts with a B, and we'll just leave it at that.
2: All right, JR, are you cool with um, McCord heading off to Syracuse, New York?
4: I mean, as long as he's not Ohio State, I'm fine with that. Um, The way I look at it is I mean, I I assume you guys saw the article from the Columbus Dispatch that talked about how he, you know, basically right after the Michigan game went into Coach Day's office and said, I want more money and I want you to assure me the job. Um, As far as I'm concerned, nobody is assured any job at Ohio State. You should be competing week in and week out for your starting spot because that's the type of excellence that has to happen and that's the mentality that everybody should have i like it that guys are friends on the position groups and stuff but the biggest thing to me and i think syracuse is going to find this out was when the offensive linemen came out and said they didn't even know i don't know if it was all of them but at least some of them said they didn't even know kyle mccord was entering the transfer portal like I, i i'm sorry how like those are the guys that protected you all year those are the guys that busted their butts all year long to keep you safe and we can argue about how well they kept him safe um, I like to think more, more of those sacks were on Kyle than they were on the offensive line um, because it's hard to block for a statue uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day those are the guys that busted their butts for you all year long and if you're just gonna I mean if you're just gonna leave them high and dry like that
2: good riddance if nothing, it does show a lack of leadership. Oh, yeah. Which we knew that. We knew he didn't have any leadership. All right, Chris, this is probably going to become what you're about to say, a, uh, a YouTube short. You've been notorious for these lately. The floor is yours. Well,
1: it, it's just cut and dry. You know, he goes in there demanding more money, demanding to be a guaranteed starter. And guys, let's think back. Cardell Jones won a national title and was not even a guaranteed starter. Mm-hmm. This kid lacks the testicular fortitude to go out there and be a competitor. It's that simple. Yes. And if you don't want to go out there and compete, then you have no business saying that you are the man who is going to guide a program the caliber of Ohio State. It's that simple. He didn't have the heart for it, and he lacked something a little bit lower as well. So I have no um, problem with him no floating worries. off to,
2: to Syracuse. <clears throat> um, so before Kyle announced today that he was going to Syracuse, I threw this out yesterday as a poll and got a response of over 500 um, responders to this poll on um, on Twitter. Let me throw this up for all of you. Would you like to see Kyle McCord return to Ohio State from the portal? Yes, by the way, you can jump into the portal and then jump right back out and come back to the school that you were attending as long as they want to accept you back. 10%, 10.7% said yes. 93 said it depends on how Brown looks in the bowl game. So that's 20%. Overwhelmingly, 80% of Buckeye Nation said No, I threw the same poll out on Facebook and got the almost the exact same uh, results on Facebook, uh, just less voters. There was like one hundred and forty seven voters compared to the five hundred and six on Twitter. So apparently 80 percent of Buckeye Nation agrees with us for and that it's. I'm kind of glad if this is who you are. If these are your true colors, then it is what it is. So I'm not upset about it. Now, here's the thing. Check this out. Have you guys seen Syracuse schedule for next year? It's, it's a dumpster. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Check this out. Here's why he went. He's got four non-conference games to start the season against no power five teams. Ohio, Army, Holy Cross and which I only know because of the Rudy movie and Yukon which is a basketball school. Then take a look at the conference schedule. No Clemson is on this conference schedule. No North Carolina is on this conference schedule. No Notre Dame which is like not an ACC team but they play ACC schools is on this schedule. The only tough games that I see on here, in my opinion, are NC State, Miami. And I don't even, can we even call Virginia Tech a tough game? No. I mean, they were 6-6 six and six I, this year?
1: I think, given what we saw in the bowl game the other day, the Ohio Bobcats might be a tougher game than Virginia Tech.
2: Hey, by the way, the Bobcats won out there in Conway, South Carolina, on on the Tweeties field. So I was all about that. I thought that was fantastic. Um, okay. Ed, I don't know if you were being funny or if this was serious. Um. All week long, I have dealt with people saying I wasn't being very kind to Kyle McCord. Why are you being so mean to a 20-year-old kid? I'm sorry. When were 20-year-olds kids? When were 20-year-olds who got thousands of dollars in NIL money kids? Right there, Eric. You nailed it on the head. Once they started accepting the money,
1: they gave up their right to be protected from criticism. When they started coming out and demanding money to play the game, they became professional athletes in essence, and they gave up their right to be protected
2: from criticism. Cut and dry. I'm going to let you respond to this one, Aaron. Thank you, Brian, for commenting. Harrison ran a crappy route on the first INT. Got beat to the spot. Not all on McCord. You guys beat him up all year. If the defense could get off the field, you would have beaten Michigan. Go ahead, Aaron. Ha.
3: Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say this. He it, Oh. could have put in a little more effort to play defense second interception okay Harrison could have played a little defense on the second interception and put a little more effort in okay but to say the defense couldn't get off the field are you on crack that was one of the best defenses in the country and they got off the field as much as they could
2: well, there was the one drive where where they kept the ball from us. I think but, maybe you know, they Brian got the field is
3: field with regularity. Like I don't know what you're talking about. They
4: the, the gave pro- up field goals, but I mean
3: That's what I mean. I, like it wasn't touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like right. it was a very competitive game. Like I don't know what he means.
2: <laughs> I would say the final that final Michigan drive where they played keep away from us. Uh, we, where they kept getting first downs on third and fourth down probably uh, was, was a good point that he has. Um, yeah, he makes another good point. He had to tie, tied the game at 17. What happened? The defense gave up a, a, a drive to Michigan to make it 24-17. You have a point, Brian, you're right. but the, the fact the argument about Kyle McCord is not relatable to the defense at all in this in this instance. He showed no leadership. On or off the field at all this year, there was no drive, there was no emotion from The only time he showed emotion was on the game-winning touchdown against Notre Dame. Am I right or wrong? You're
1: right. That's all I saw. Yeah, and Eric, another side note on that is, you know, it's easy to criticize the defense for not getting off the field, but at the same time, if the offense sustained some drives, we got a much fresher defense come the end of that game. And right. that's what I'm You know, at. that's that that's a big part of it right there. You had a gassed offense at the end of that game because we were not sustaining drives and eating up the clock. Right. That's what
3: I'm getting at. That's the game of football. They wore down the front seven. Well, yeah. front six for us. That's football. Yeah. And it wasn't the defense. The offense couldn't stay on the field.
2: Look at this quote. This he's quoting Kyle McCord. Remember when Kyle before the game said it's just another game? Yep, that son. told right, you son his that told, told you his you mentality. Yeah. And no offense to Syracuse, okay? But what does it sh- what does it mean to you or show you about Kyle McCord that he goes from being the starting quarterback at Ohio State at 11 to who had 11 and 1 record to Syracuse who's going into their bowl game with a 6 and 6 record. What does that what does that mean? What does that show you, JR? What does that what does that tell you?
4: Well, it tells you that the big time Players saw what we saw, which was that Kyle McCord telegraphed his passes every single game. He decided where he was going to go with the ball, which, by the way, that's exactly what happened with the Harrison thing. He decided where he was going to go with the ball before he, the ball was ever even snapped. Will Johnson had inside leverage on that play. Trevion Henderson was open for at least a five-yard run, probably more, given his ability to juke guys. I mean, people saw what we saw. Who, who are smart about football, which is that Kyle McCord, when in doubt, just threw it up to Marvin Harrison Jr. He telegraphed exactly where he was going to go because he stared guys down and he skipped his reads. I mean, it happened all season long. Buckeye fans are not stupid. I mean, we know what we're talking about. We have people who break down film and talk about them. One of them's right here next to me. I mean, we have people who, who know this stuff. And so when we tell you he's not doing a very good job, sure he has a good harm. People should believe us because we know what we're talking about. Not every Buckeye fan. Some people are stupid, but at least this show, we're smart. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up real fast. And it's not to toot my own horn. It's not to toot this show's horn. But it's to show you that there were legitimate people who thought he was not the best option. Chris, when you and I this past summer talked about the opening practices, yeah, who did I tell you I thought looked better? Oh, Devin Brown, hands down. It That's not, that's not me patting myself on the back. Okay. Because, because if you go back and you watch our shows and you listen to our shows, when, when coach, when, when Ryan day went with Kyle McCord, we said, okay, he must know something. We don't know. Let's go with Kyle. And we were all in on Kyle. Right. But does not this year look like it was almost wasted. You could have had a full year of development. A full year of development with Devin Brown that now is lost and you have a not that 11 and 1 is a wasted year but it sure feels like it from the quarterback perspective from the quarterback position am I right or wrong Aaron
3: no you're a hundred percent right man because you got to think of it think of it this way man have you ever seen a team truthfully thank you <laughs> You're. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind Um Have you ever seen a team that's really successful have terrible or even mediocre quarterback play? Typically, it's very top notch, right? The quarterback is in the Heisman running. They're at least a top, I don't know, a first round draft pick of some type, maybe second round, early second round. They're usually really solid, right? We didn't have that. So to answer your question, yeah we did lose that because we got to look forward to next year too because it's not like devin brown was going to go to the nfl draft necessarily but you're right we have to continue building the camaraderie building his individual leadership skills because somebody commented in here and said notice kyle mccord wasn't doing that on the sidelines he wasn't going up to he wasn't he wasn't going up to the guys on the sidelines and trying to perk them up when things look down you know what i mean he just went to the bench looked at his little pad or whatever and looked where he made a mistake He's not that leader, and it seems like Devin Brown is. So, uh, Eric, you hit the nail on the head, man. It It is kind of, in a way, a lost year for his development and the teams.
2: Brian says uh, that McCord won the job versus Youngstown State. Brown was bad. He did not look good that game. I will tell you that, but did you see the Purdue game? <laughs> yeah.
1: Here's the thing, Eric. He never got a chance to get into a rhythm. We would give him one series. or and That's or, true, out too. A series, out of series, in a series. You have, the quarterback is a position where you have to be able to get into a rhythm. Uh, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, Eric, and I don't want to beat it at a horse, but I think this simply was more than anything Ryan Day's ego saying, I didn't screw up on Kyle McCord, and that's how he ended up the starting job. I truly believe that.
2: I Mike, I would love to know where you came up with that percentage. Are you just just throwing the dart and being like "Yeah, hey, 31 percent or is there actually something that that's, you... a, that's a Zach Smith thing is that Zach Smith says that? Okay. Yeah. Well, Zach yeah. Smith actually does watch film and break it I, down. So I've seen what he said with it, too, and, and it's correct. I don't like to give him credit, yeah, but I okay.
4: Said, I, I know I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to be a Zach Smith apologist, but I, I, I've seen his stuff from time to time. And, and that one was correct.
2: OK, OK. <laughs> um uh just moving on (laughs) no no comment from there I want to say one more thing though about sure go ahead so
4: I mean look at the quarterbacks because you said you made it very clear and, and did a good job there Eric look at the quarterbacks who were of teams who were of playoff contention this team I think we can all agree the top eight teams were all in playoff contention this team or for this year correct Right, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of these quarterbacks either have some kind of Heisman hope or were NFL quarterbacks. JJ McCarthy. I know we don't want to give him credit, but he's he's going to be at least a second round pick or higher in the NFL draft. Correct. I
3: think so. Oh, yeah, he's
1: Uh, going to be an amazing flop in the NFL. I agree.
4: I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say what he will or won't be, but he's he's going to be drafted in the first or the second round, most likely. Michael Penix, Heisman. Absolutely. Quinn, Quinn Ewers. NFL quarterback also should have got some Heisman consideration if he didn't get hurt. Uh, Jalen Melrose, at least second half of the season, Heisman. Jordan Travis, Heisman. Carson Beck, NFL quarterback slash Heisman, but still a fantastic first year for him. Kyle McCord, nothing. Bo Nix, Heisman. It's amazing you go 11-1 and one with a quarterback who's not considered. Yeah. I mean, if he was going to go to the NFL after this year, he wouldn't be drafted,
2: guys. I'll say I'll say this one time. I, I've said it before. Kyle McCord did not elevate the offense. The offense elevated Kyle McCord, and you can't argue with that with me. You can't. Now listen, I have no beef against Kyle McCord as far as he, it, 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 he could be a lovely person. I don't know. I don't know. I think how he and his father have handled this has been wrong. And I'm, I'm okay with saying that, that they shouldn't have handled it the way they've handled it. But at this point, it is what it is. Do I want to see him fail at Syracuse? No, No. I don't want to see him fail at Syracuse. I still believe in the mantra that once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye, but here's the thing with that schedule. Do you think he can get to 10 and two? Because I'm telling you right now with that schedule, If he's not ten and two, this was a complete failure on him and his family's part on leaving Ohio State and not competing for the starting job and going to Syracuse to get the sure thing. If he doesn't go ten and two, that's a failure. Yes or no, Chris?
1: Oh, he needs to go at least ten and two. I was looking at it and thinking more like eleven and one because anything less than that is is just a joke. That schedule. I mean, we like to joke about the schedule that Alabama plays and that, uh, that team up north plays, but, man, that, that, that schedule is for Syracuse, man. That thing has more cupcakes than, you know, hostess, man. It's,
2: it's – o- Outside of Miami and NC yeah. State, you avoid the entire upper echelon of the entire conference. Yeah. And I you mean, have four – general- You have four four uh, group of five schools in there. Four. Yeah,
3: West Point is going to beat them. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> they are. I was
4: going to say jerky's. Army's probably their fourth hardest game on that schedule. They're going At to Army. beat them. Yeah, they're going yeah. to beat
2: them. I, w- you know, I really wanted to, I really wanted them to go to Nebraska. I really wanted that game. I wanted. Yeah. I wanted all that smoke. I wanted that game to be you. You know, that would have been the second biggest ticket on the schedule next year. Oh yeah. If that would have happened, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh so ten and two. If he doesn't go ten and two is it a failure, yes or no, JR?
4: I'd just say top twenty-five. I mean the the talent he's gonna have around him. I'm with Aaron. I think Army could beat him next year. So uh, if they're at least in the top twenty five, that's what they need to do. So probably with that cupcake of a schedule,
2: they'd probably have to be at least nine and three. <coughs> uh, Aaron, ten and two failure if it's not ten and two. I mean it's Syracuse. I don't
3: know what the bar really is out there. <laughs> it, I know it's not very high. Um, it probably hasn't been since what Donovan McNabb played there.
2: Well, oh, that's yeah. been for, that's a that's a f- name from our childhood. Yeah, Holy cow!
3: Throw that back, huh? But I I don't know, man. I don't I don't think he's set up for success anyway. And I'll tell you why. And and Jr pointed it out the roster around him. There's nobody there to elevate his play.
2: We they know how McCord
3: is, but there's huh? no players on the field that are going to make him look good. There's no Marvin Harrison out there to save him.
2: Brian brings it up. They've got a new head coach, Georgia's uh, former DB, trying to remember his name. I think it starts with an F. Brian Brown. There you yeah. go. There you go. um so going to help him. Yeah. Ed Rogers is going way back. Jim Brown. <laughs>
3: Well, Syracuse was relevant with Donovan McNabb, too, but like
2: they were they played Ohio State uh, in a home and home and home series back then. Yeah, Yeah. they
3: didn't win those either. So, hey. They did not. Is what it
2: is. (laughs) (laughs) They did not. Hey, do us a big favor. Right now, I'm looking at – we have 60 people watching us currently. Great number tonight. Appreciate each and every single one of you. Hit the thumbs up button. We really appreciate that. If you're not subscribed to the channel already, please do that. We're sitting on 695. I told my wife, I'm hoping we get to 700 by the end of tonight's live show. So, if you're not subscribed to the channel – Hit the subscribe button right now. We really do appreciate it. It really does help the channel. The last two weeks, our videos have blown up, man. We are hitting numbers that we've never hit before in the five years of doing this podcast and the one year of being on YouTube. Really do appreciate each and every single one of you for doing that. Let's move on to the next topic here, guys. The Buckeyes are opting in. It's almost almost everyone it seems like, is going to play in the Cotton Bowl, guys. Chris, you lead this discussion this evening.
1: Yeah, as you said, Eric, uh, just about everybody has either not made an announcement or has went ahead and said, yes, I'm in. So I guess the big question for everybody out there is what does that mean? Uh, so obviously I think the first thing we, we need to take a look at is – does this mean that everyone who is opting in is staying? And I don't think that's the case. First of all, with the people who haven't announced, I think we look at that and say, is Ryan Day just asking them not to announce at this point? Because you know how close Ryan Day likes to play it to the vest. Secondly, um, I think a lot of people are out there, you know, trying to improve their draft stock. So, Aaron, is there anyone that really surprises you that is in this, uh, has opted in? And do you think that there is a more significant message in them opting in?
2: Aaron, try to speak a little louder. People are having trouble hearing you. I think your volume might be too low. Sorry, bud. That's my fault.
3: It's all good. Um, I think the one surprising name for me, well, two surprising names for me, Denzel Burke and Travion Henderson. I think those are probably the two, and I say that because I'm not Emeka Egbuka has not had a great season, injuries, etc. Just not a great season. Um, I think did Marvin did he officially say he's going to play?
2: He's not not said either
3: way yet. He he's the one I I don't think I've heard about what he's doing. But outside of him, it's Denzel Burke and Travion Henderson for me, and I think that. It's because, especially Burke, because he's probably a top 15 pick, if I had to guess, top 20 at the latest, I think. Um, But Travion, given his ouchy history, (laughs) that kind of surprises me. I'm not going to lie. However, uh, to answer the second part of your question, I think that it sends the message that despite all of these guys in the transfer portal right now, and I think we're up to like 16 right now, It shows at least that we have a culture of loyalty, and I know there are plenty of holes to argue this point, Okay, but maybe this is the part where they're trying to turn the page on that. Devin Brown with that post, I think that fired up a lot of guys. I know it fired me up as a fan, so to have that kind of leadership that you've lacked all season in the locker room finally... I think that maybe that kind of changed some minds like, hey, let's go out here and let's not get embarrassed on the big stage. I know it's Missouri. I know it's the Cotton Bowl. We don't care. Ohio State University needs to win this bowl game. We are not going out of this season the wrong way.
1: Yeah. So so JR, uh, you know, he mentioned Travion, who we know Travion's already declared that he is coming back next season. Um, He also mentioned Emeka Egbuka, who has not had a great season this year, Uh, maybe not up to what we expected. Do you feel that this is a move to increase his draft value, or do you think we're going to see him back next year?
4: Well, I look at what happened with JSN. JSN missed... You know, practically the entire year, and he was still what he was 22 or something like that. He was still in the first round around the the 20s mark. So, um, I really feel like it comes down to wanting to win. I don't think a lot of this stuff comes down to guys like Emeka Abuka with the NFL, uh, because I think he knows it's going to be there. Sure, he could be, you know, an earlier pick if he showcases his skills a little bit better, but. I, I think that this team really feels like they have not accomplished any of the things that at least the draft class uh, of these guys who were juniors I think they feel like they have not accomplished any of the things that they set out to do. Uh, obviously, because of the cheating that happened, you know, uh, with Michigan really, uh, y- you know, hindering them from that, and then this year with Kyle McCord essentially hindering them from that because Kyle McCord didn't elevate the offense. And I think that these guys feel like somebody like Devin Brown does elevate the offense. You know, do I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is coming back? No, I think he's gone. Um, but a guy like Emeka Ibuka, I would. I would not be shocked. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I would not be shocked if he decides to come back simply because I feel like there are guys like him who say we haven't accomplished what we wanted to get done yet.
1: Okay, Eric, is it, is it about getting the job done? Is it about improving draft status? And what is your biggest takeaway from who we have not seen opt out yet?
2: Um, both is my answer to that question. It, for some, it's improving draft stock. For others, it's because they have a sour taste in their mouth. And they don't want to finish off their career or they don't want to see the seniors go out with two L's in a row. And, and you know, Captain Jack Sparrow himself, Jack Sawyer, uh, called me out. In his, yeah. in his conference, basically said that my, the sentiment that I laid out that this was just a glorified scrimmage and turning the page to the next season was, in his words, BS. So, okay. All I'm going to say then is let me see it. Let's see you guys go out there in the Cotton Bowl and be the Buckeyes that we wanted to see this season. Play with... Extreme aggression, I think, is the term Aaron likes to use. Extreme aggression on defense. Um, ch- channel your inner uh, Katzmoyer, and when you see the quarterback running around on the edge, absolutely go break him in half. Because that's what you do if you're Andy Katzmoyer, right? I want to see that. I want to. I want them to feel the Buckeyes' presence defensively up front offensively, I think for some of them, I think it is improving their draft stock. Um, Emeka Egbuka goes out there and has a 200-yard performance, especially if Marvin Harrison doesn't play and he's the top target and he has a great game. Of course that's going to improve his draft stock. Everybody's going to say, oh, as the number one option, look what he did, right? So I want to see that. And, of course, I want to see what Devin Brown does with with the, the keys to the kingdom, if you will. What does he do? So, yeah, I I say it's a little bit of both. And uh, my hat's off to uh, Jack Sawyer for uh, saying I disagree with you, Buckeye Boggs, and I'm going to show you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, that's about who is playing and who is uh, not opting out. But we've had a lot of people who have entered the transfer portal here of late and, uh, Some of them have found some new homes. And Aaron, uh, why don't we kick it over to you for a little rundown on that?
3: I got you, Chris. So, as I mentioned earlier, we have had a significant amount of guys enter the transfer portal. Um, I'm not sure. I would actually like to ask you guys, first and foremost, who do you guys think, of the names that that you know of, who do you think is the most impactful that's leaving or who do you think is going to hurt the most?
4: Well, I think think it's going to be chip train Yeah,
3: that
4: was my, I think he, I think he is a leader on the offense. And though I don't think he would be the head guy. I think it would be Dallin Hayden over him. Um, I think that, you know, he, he, he's just an Ohio kid. Real leader, real tough attitude, um, and I, I'm really, really sad to see him go. He's probably the one guy in the portal that I am I am just devastated to see him go.
2: Okay. Eric? Are you talking right now for this game, or are you talking in the future? Future. Then I'm not going to pick Chip, but I understand why you would. Yeah. Um, I would say probably – Either Julian Fleming because he could have come back and been the leader uh, in the wide receiver room, unless unless Ameka Ibuka comes back, or I would say someone like Kai Stokes at safety or Ryan Turner at cornerback. Um, losing them really hurt our defensive back depth, um, and one of them could have could have come out, and uh, and it um, showed us that they could have you know become a starter. Besides the quarterback
3: okay. yeah that's that's a no-brainer yeah. <laughs> Chris
2: Yeah,
1: you know for, for me uh, you know I was with uh, Jr. there that I thought it was chip but you know Eric makes a very valid point. Kai Stokes I think is a huge <laughs> loss <Yeah. laughs> He uh, you know when he got in the game he made impact plays. he's uh, very aggressive. <clears throat> he hits hard was decent in coverage. Yeah, you know, I think he's one that I think had a chance to push to get into that, you know, that two-deep rotation next year. I like Bobby. <laughs> You're all right, my man. <laughs>
3: somebody wants a free T-shirt or something. Yeah, man. he does.
1: I-, I think Eric is paying somebody to come in and throw comments his
3: way at this point. Yeah, you know? Sarah, Sarah created a fake oh. Facebook account. <laughs>
4: so, I, will, I will say another one. It, that you know, we've not heard a lot on him, so maybe he is going to come back. I have no idea, but Amari Abor does hurt as well, especially with the rumors of the defensive line uh, recruiting not being as good and LJ possibly leaving. Um, you know, I, Edric Houston took a visit to Clemson and a visit to Alabama. I think were the two, uh, yeah. or at least he plans to. So if we lose him. It's not looking good for our d line. I don't think we will. he's talked too much about Ohio State's his dream school um, so I don't think we will lose him but if we do man that would that would hurt that really would that really would hurt. Um, well
1: you know I think in in a you know a different era all his talk would mean a lot more yeah. but in the uh, era of Nil money talks
3: That's it It's all about the money man. I hate it. I I, I like that they got their comeuppance, but I hate how they're going about it. So anyway, we talked about Kyle McCord earlier. You know, um, he's headed to Syracuse. We all know that at this point. Chip Traianum is somebody that I agree. I, I feel like just because of the leadership and the depth aspect, that one hurts us big time. He's headed to Kentucky. Evan Pryor, who didn't really play a lot, but we were all pretty high on when he was getting recruited. And I'll be honest, his highlight tape is absolutely amazing out of high school. Um, He's staying in the state of Ohio, and he's heading to Cincinnati. Uh, We also lost, I I think this kid is from Canton or Massillon, uh, Will Hartson. And obviously, you you probably don't know that name because he never saw it Saw any playing time, but it's just a, it's an Ohio kid that's that's possibly leaving the team. Um, he he's not committed anywhere yet, but
2: wasn't he a walk on, a preferred walk on?
3: I believe he I was. Believe so. Yes, yes. I uh, think
2: he was, but I think he had
4: some nil that like it was one of those situations where it's like walk on, yeah, or something like that.
3: Well, he's just you know he's he's from a storied program in the state of Ohio, and that's you know that just you never know now you know he's in the portal he's not committed anywhere so there is potential that he comes back and maybe turns it around hey we've seen walk-on guys do some work for us tc caffey
1: yeah, yeah Xavier johnson
3: Xavier johnson yeah absolutely these guys can play man
2: uh, do we had a we had a walk-on at quarter at the wide receiver for two years Actually, we had him for four years, but he played. He actually got in the game his uh, third and fourth year, and then he transferred to OU and was their leading receiver the last two years, was watching in the bowl game, and was tearing it up. I'm like, hey, man, Brian Hartline, just, he's just rolling people out for everybody.
3: <laughs> he's
2: saving the country.
4: <laughs> we did lose another walk-on receiver. I forget what his name was, but he was like in the middle of the season. I'll try to find it. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. Well, it's all good.
3: Um, so obviously, we know we're losing Julian Fleming. They've got him crystal ball to Penn State, which I'm not surprised by because that's no. I think if it wasn't Ohio State, that's where he was going to end up anyway. So he'll finish up his career there most likely. And then tight end Joe Royer, who got some limited time, and he did I think he did well considering he played in, against Georgia when Cade Stover went down uh, last season, and he did just fine. I thought. Uh, a lot of potential there. High ceiling for that <clears throat> kid. Uh, he's not committed anywhere, but he is in the portal, so he could come back.
2: Quick Same Joe Royer's, Quick, Joe Royer point first real quick, Aaron. <clears throat> Dude lost his mom a couple years ago, and that really set him back emotionally. Uh, and it also set back his career a little bit. Then he was dealing with an injury. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's he's kind of had a little bit of a rough way to go of it. It just never clicked. Uh, I think seeing what Jelani Thurman did, I think Jelani Thurman passed him up on the depth chart as well. Um, so I think the, the writing was on the wall with, with with Royer. But I go back to the fact that Royer was handpicked by Ryan Day at tight end over Jim Lachey's son, Luke Lachey, who got hurt this year but was like Iowa's leading receiver before he got hurt. And I'm like thinking – how do you let Lachey through your fingertips, man, and you picked Royer over him? That one, to me, to this day, is still a head-scratcher.
3: Yeah, I, that's, that's kind of mind-blowing because, you know, Iowa's basically tied in you. Like, that's just all they really have. <laughs> so, I look at how many of their guys are in the NFL, Terrence. Club, so. Yeah. Um, moving to the offensive line, we got two guys there. Jacob James, he's not committed right now, so potential to come back. And then Victor Cutler decided, I think, not
2: too Louisville. Long
3: ago. Yeah, he's decided not too long ago. He's going to Louisville. On the defensive line, as mentioned earlier, Omari Abor. Now, again, potential to come back. He is not committed anywhere, and there's no crystal balls that show on Bucknuts. So uh, linebacker Reed Carrico, he's another one. Not committed yet, could come back. This kid is from, I believe he's from Irons- Ironton. Ironton. Ironton mm-hmm. He's from down where I'm at. Well, not far away, but uh, that kid's a big deal down here. So he's
2: going to go to Cincinnati or Ohio OU, one of the two, more than likely.
3: I was going to say I wouldn't be shocked to see him at, in up in Athens playing. So uh, it's pretty close to home for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive backs. This one kills me right here. Kai Stokes headed to Cincinnati. Ryan Turner cornerback headed to Boston College. Jair Brown not committed but that's another corner right there these three guys i just mentioned are three guys that i was looking forward to personally seeing playing in the secondary in columbus these guys were going to be difference makers i think um and then finally this one i this is bryce and shaw 2.0 to me cam martinez buddy deuces <laughs> see ya uh he's not committed so he could come back but i hope not uh <laughs> And special teams we got kicker Parker Lewis uh he is nice.
2: I don't get that one at all why yeah why why are you – if you got one year you're gonna go home and play somewhere closer to home, okay, but like that one I just don't understand. you're starting kicker. why are you leaving? but Jaden fielding starting kicker isn't he?
3: Yeah, Fielding is a starting kicker oh yeah.
2: well who who did you say Parker Lewis
3: yeah Parker Lewis.
2: Oh my bad, you're right. Last year, that's it. Okay, that's why. Okay, makes sense. Never mind. Can't kick a forty yard field goal. Get out of here. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. I have no idea. Have you guys seen? Have you watched? You guys watch any bowl games? Yes. Have you seen that avocado commercial where he comes up to the quarterback and he hands him a tray and he's like, "What does he sing to him?" Like you're no longer the starter. He sings of the avocado. And he's like, Well, that went well. He's like, Give me another tray and bring me the kicker. I so mad. Well, Urban Meyer to show up and go, You don't need a tray. <laughs> <laughs> I know it'd be, it'd be perfect. Oh, avocado missed the boats on that one. Hey, uh, yeah. real quick in closing here, guys. Uh Jara Happiness, good to see you. Pot is growing. What's up, guys? Dude, yes, it is. By the way, guys, I just checked. Seven oh one. Thanks, guys. Came through. We're up to seven hundred. Thank you, Chris. First after the first year, I'm going to have to put a video out where we're marching towards a thousand, and uh, that video will be for someone winning a hundred dollar gift card to Amazon. So, be on the lookout for that. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. Why? Because our man down there, Jr., has got to go prep for his show, which gets started in 15 minutes. Jr., thanks for hopping on here. When we come back, you guys are taking over the show. We are going to the chat. I actually have a question highlighted, and we're gonna go back to you guys are taking over in the chat. You, whatever you guys want to talk about, bring it up in the chat. Quick commercial break. Jr., thank you much, buddy. Hey, guys. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree, high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. Okie dokie, and we are back, man. And, dude, again, thank you so much, Jar Happiness, for uh, putting that comment in there. Yes, this last couple weeks have been awesome for us. It's been really fun to watch that as the growth of the channel continues to, to happen. Um, I'm scrolling back up here right now. Go ahead in the chat, all of who are watching. Still a great number uh, watching us right now. We want to answer questions, so this is kind of like a Q&A, if you will. So we're going to go ahead and do a Q&A time for the chat to take over. It's all about you guys. Whatever you want for the remainder of this show, whatever you guys want to talk about, that's what we want to talk about as well. All right, let me see if I can find this. It was, I think, from, yeah, here we go. Bobby McCormick, how many people will enter the draft? Are we going to struggle to get to the 85 scholarship mark? <clears throat> if you look at... Transfer portal, seniors who were going to be drafted, and possible juniors who might leave early. We might turn over 50% of this roster. So somewhere around 35 to 40-some scholarship players on an 85 scholarship team might be new next year. What's interesting to me about that question, Bobby, is Ohio State has – guys are going in the portal no one's come out of taterville into columbus ohio yet they have been very very selective on who's coming from the portal now that being said i don't think we struggle to make 85 scholarship people we're ohio state we're gonna get them there's two portal seasons by the way okay there's also one after spring ball so just be cognizant of that as well. Plus, that means there could be – Ohio State could be going after a lot more guys uh, for the uh, uh, for freshmen, for incoming freshmen for this year as well. Um, portal, though, I want to ask you, turn it over to you first, Chris. Why the silence from Ohio State in the portal?
1: Well, I think it could be a lack of aggression from one standpoint, but then also – I think maybe what you said, Eric, we have not exactly hit it rich in the portal lately. Um, I feel that that is actually one area where Ryan Day and our coaching staff do not do well as the portal. Um, And I think maybe Ryan Day is trying to be more selective. So, you know, we look at it, we thought we had a couple of offensive line weapons coming in. Uh, this last year, and we ended up with the most penalized guy in all of college football at left tackle, and Victor Cutler, a guy who was supposed to come in and, and make a difference and possibly compete for a starting job, ended up, what, third deep on the depth chart as center. Uh, I think that uh, Ryan Day is struggling a lot with the portal. Um, so I wish I had a clear-cut answer for Why? But I think he's just trying to make the right choices right now. Uh, And I think we will actually see more action in that post-spring portal season when we get a little bit of a better idea of who people are.
2: I also think a part of that might be because Ryan Day doesn't know who's staying or going yet. Yes. Um, which Which goes right into this question from Brian. Do you guys think we're going to lose Houston to Bama? Boy, I sure hope not. Uh, But I'm going to say right now, I think it's 50-50, man. I think it's 50-50. There's a lot of NIL money being floated to Ohio State commits um, from Miami and from the south. And it sure seems like Ohio State's collective is not keeping up with the money that's being offered to some of our commits right now. So that is a concern of mine, to be honest with you, Brian.
1: Eric, do you feel that that could be because we're so – maybe our collective is so obsessed with trying to get the money to keep Marvin Harrison Jr. in college that we are maybe letting people slip through our fingers um, as far as where deals could be offered?
2: No. No. I think Les Wexner is probably one of the filthiest, richest people in the in the world, and oh, no doubt could pay for anything and anybody and anyone. And I think if Ryan Day actually went and knocked on his door and said, "Les, I need you to I need you to pay these guys more than what you're probably wanting to do," he would do it because he loves Ohio State. The Schottensteins would probably do the same thing, um, but I, I I'll be honest, I don't know that it's that Ryan Day looks at it that way. I sometimes I think Ryan Day looks at it if, if as a guy if like if all you are about is the money, then I don't know that I want you.
1: Which I think, you know, if you if you listen to rumors is very much what may have happened <laughs> with Kyle McCord.
2: I, I can't I can't confirm that. Yeah. It sure seems that way. I mean Columbus Dispatch pretty much came out and pretty much said it. Yeah. So I I can't, you know, it just there's something going on there that stinks, and I don't like it um, because I don't like to lose out, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, jar happens. NIL is turning college football into the NFL light. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's like right now you're watching you're watching um, this is free agency.
3: It's a developmental league. Yeah, it's not amateur anymore.
2: Um, 15, Bobby says 15 portal entries and only four graduating seniors is why I asked 22 incoming and two blue shirts. And we are at 89 scholarships currently. I think there's more graduating than that. I was at senior day. There was quite a few graduating. I thought a lot more than four. Yeah. I thought we were at like 21 seniors. Now some of them were walk-ons, but my point, you know, my point is that there was quite a few. Now what makes that it, what makes that really hard Bobby to track is, is because you have some kids who can come back for a sixth year and they're called super seniors. And yeah. it's like usually – COVID you can, seniors. Yeah, COVID kids. COVID kids. Yeah, it's like – so you don't – like like uh, the, the linebacker who's coming back, uh, Aaron, you talked about him a week ago, how it would be big to have him back. I'm trying to remember Cody his name. Cody Simon. Cody Simon. Cody Simon. He's, he said, yeah, I'm playing and I'm coming back. I thought that was big. Yeah. This is going to be his sixth year of eligibility. That's insane. That's crazy. It'll be 24 years old. Uh Nick Quint, do you think our QBs are good enough to not look for a QB in the portal? Solo rumor where Ward, Cam Ward, didn't want to visit Columbus <coughs> and haven't seen anything about Murphy interested in the Bucks. Okay. Cam Ward did want to visit Columbus. Yep. And Ryan Day said no, thank you, because Cam Ward said two million. That's the rumor. Cam Ward said, I want two million. And Ryan Day said, <laughs> no. So I think Ryan Day watched his film and said, you're not worth $2 million to me. That's I, I believe that. That's just me speculating. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Ryan Day. Ryan Day did not tell me that. I think Ryan Day watched Cam Ward's film. Cam Ward said, I want to visit and I want $2 million, And Ryan Day said, no. I think I have in-house better than that. Plus, I think I really do believe if – Ryan Day looks at what he currently has in Devin Brown and in Lincoln Keenholes, and neither one of them are the guy. I think he looks at Aaron Nolan as the future of this program. That's where I think he's at.
3: Yeah, because he mentioned Malik Murphy in there too in that question, and uh, everything I'm seeing, he might be headed to Duke. Cam? No. No, Malik Malik Murphy.
2: Murphy. Oh. I was gonna say I thought Cam was Miami. He was looking at Miami. Jar happiness. Zach Smith claims Ohio State's NIL collective is behind the ball compared to other schools. It sure seems that way. Yeah, I it agree.
3: Does. Yeah,
2: which is interesting to me because I didn't think we were until all of a sudden this um, until this uh, until this came up. Is it so. that
1: we just is it that we don't have the money, or we just don't know how to use it? I kind of feel like the the latter.
2: Yeah.
3: I, it feels like they don't.
1: We're, we're less willing to use it.
3: It's hard. This is difficult because we don't know what they're looking at when it's time to spend the money.
2: Brian says the same thing you just said, Chris. Can't hit Portal hard until Marv makes a decision. Every cent is for him right now. I mean. Maybe. That's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, he could have the biggest NIL contract of all time well the last i heard was what it's up to around 24 million right that's now. that's the rumor i don't i i've also heard people say no way that that that's true
3: that got shot down there was a report came out because they were I, some reports were saying 20 something 30 something million and they came right out and were like no that's that's not true travion even tweeted he didn't know it <clears throat> has not announced an official decision that he's coming back or not
2: yeah, it, it, here's something else interesting about this jar of happiness that COVID year is keeping a lot around. It is, and yeah. it hurts, and it hurts the incoming freshman from high school. Yes, it does. I have a nephew who just uh, got a full ride to the University of Indianapolis, which is a Division two school, very awesome Division two school. And I honestly believe if this transfer portal stuff, COVID, COVID six-year stuff wasn't happening, he would – of got an offer from like an Akron, Kent State, Toledo type of school. I really believe that. Uh, he Pitt had him come in, Akron had him come in for visits, and the the contracts or not contracts, but the uh, the the offers just weren't there. And a lot of them are literally literally tell you it's because we need to see who gets in the portal. And then there's how many how many kids jumped in the portal? Sixteen hundred
3: some crazy number yeah
2: like oh my gosh that's insane that's why we call it taterville it literally is a tent city for kids from college football and some of them never get out there it's the skid row they'll jump in the portal and they never get another chance someone's mic just went all kinds of crazy i think it might have been yours chris uh it was it was, it was a bad connection i got it fixed Okay, thank you. Let me let me look through some of these uh, a little bit here. <clears throat> I fell behind. Thank you guys so much for the comments. Sorry for the coughing. I am trying to get rid of this thing, and uh, it's just hanging on like crazy. Sixteen hundred kids won't find homes, and there will be a lot of disappointment. Yeah, it's it's like it's like our uh, it's like our. Uh, uh, System and uh, current system uh, for children who have no parents. Um, orphan system in the United States, man. Still Some kids. At a,
3: at, a JUCO, at a JUCO school or something yeah.
2: like that. Uh, Brian Oberst, NIL transfer portal slowly getting out of hand and could ruin college sports. It doesn't help. Slow, slowly getting out of hand? It's getting out of hand fast, yeah. yeah. Um, Todd. Uh, Todd Doyle, I think this is the first time you've commented. Thank you, Todd. A majority of the NIL at OSU goes for retention, not acquiring players. It, yes, that's what yes. I'm hearing. That's that is that is a true statement, and I don't know that that I don't know that that method is working. Is what I'm saying. I don't know that that's working. Um, it might keep some guys here who otherwise would have jumped to the NFL that otherwise probably shouldn't have and they decide to hang on for one more year but if you're not acquiring the talent to eventually replace them then what are you using it for it could hurt you so uh bobby are you more worried about smith or edrick flipping can i say both (laughs) at this point can i say both both. i mean we have (laughs) we have three days until they sign right yeah If we can get both those guys, that's that's the that's the prayer of all Buckeye fans right now to St. Woody is don't let either one of these guys flip. But I if I had to pick one, I'm more worried about Edric Houston flipping than I am Smith. Yeah, I think Smith loves the attention on Twitter and on social media. But I think, he, I think he understands he can be the next Marvin Harrison Jr. if he goes and gets developed at Ohio State under Brian Hartline. And yes. what kind of price tag can you really put on that? So that's kind of how I look at that. Um, Brian Oberst, what happened to playing for the love of the game, waiting your turn or competing for a spot? Aaron? <laughs>
3: I wish I had that answer, but the only one I can come to right now is the money. Um, it wasn't enough to give these kids a free a free education uh, and a monthly stipend. We had to go and pay them millions of dollars, um, and I know not all of them make millions of dollars. Okay, A lot of it is six figures, though, which I'll be honest, that's probably more money than they're going to see with their college degree in a year. At least in the first decade of having it, realistically, um, and it's hard to pass up. You know, uh, look at what Deion Sanders is going. He's a terrible coach. He was a fantastic player. Terrible coach. Um, he has taken. If you listen to any of his uh, interviews post game, he takes minimal accountability for losses and all the credit for the wins, and that is freaking awful. And a lot of these kids, that is, that's their mo. I don't, you know, I don't care about development. Put the money in my bank right now, and that's, you know, when you are offering an eighteen-year-old kid six figures to play the sport they love, they're going to take it wherever that goes. Deion Sanders is a name. Nobody knows Ryan Day's backstory. We do because he's our coach. But no, ask ask some random kid if they know where Ryan Day came from. They can't answer it. But they could tell you Deion Sanders' whole career. It's money.
2: And I can I can't blame him, Aaron. No, I don't blame I, him. I can't I mean <clears throat> so you know, morals. I I, I, I sit I, I sit down and again I, I can use my nephew as as a as an example because of the situation he's in. And when he was trying to decide where he wanted to go, I thought to myself, I wonder if he realizes that even a free education, no NIL money, just, just straight up a scholarship, free education is worth about a quarter of a million dollars, depending on where you go. Yeah. Or yeah. more sometimes or sometimes. more. Right. And that I, again, uh, that's amazing. I'm 42 years old and still paying college loans.
3: Okay. Don't, don't even get me started. That, bro, I know people that have paid their loans off four times over because of the interest rates.
1: die with my college
2: loans. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. Same. <laughs> don't, don't let the government hear you say that. But my point is this. like That is still, in my mind and in my book, a very valuable thing that is lost currently on not only this generation, but on this current college football landscape in Division I. It's lost. And there used to be a time when learning your school's fight song and alma mater meant something, you know? I I go to games, and Carl has – my buddy Carl has season tickets, and in front of us was a couple, an older couple – And they would hold hands and they would sway and sing Carmen, Ohio. And I had to ask them, I said, hey, I go, you guys, you're here every week, you know, where'd you guys meet? And they're like, oh, well, we met at Ohio State. They were alums. They met at Ohio State. They got married. They, you know, they had their children. They sent them to Ohio. It meant something to them to sing Carmen, Ohio on a Saturday at the shoe. Sometimes I just don't think it means anything to these kids anymore. And, that's sad to me. Because that's what makes college football special. The rivalries, the the commitment to the college for that four years. How many, how many NFL players, despite making millions, will say, will still come back to college and say these were the best years of my life? Right? Yeah. Eddie George has said it. I know, I know he said it. But my point is this. That 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 mindset and those years of being in college and being a part of that those are those years are gone, man. The mindsets that's different. This is big business, right? And if we want to win on Saturdays, you have to adapt. Ohio State has got to adapt. And my next statement's gonna sting. But you know who has a little bit of that old school feel about them as a team? That yep. team up north. That's it. Yep. Yeah. They don't they don't care. I, you don't hear any of them talk about NIL. You don't hear any of them talk about what they're able to do with their NIL money for for their mom or dad or their or their neighborhood. You don't, you know, you don't see, see or hear them talk about what kind of car they're driving and parked at the, at their uh, athletic facility. All they care about and talk about is beating the next team. And uh, gosh darn it, where did we lose that and they found it? You want to know why we've lost the last three years to them? Because they wanted it more. Yeah. And as a fan, that stings. That burns, man. That that I don't like to see that. And the only person you can count out can point out is Ryan day that he needs to go and look in the mirror and say, how do I get this thing turned around? You know, it's but, great. It's great. We have Marvin Harrison. It is. It's great. We have a Mecca egg We have all these five stars, but gosh, darn it. Let me see you do it against the team up north on a Saturday, man. But
1: You're you know, Eric, we've said it before. Sorry, Eric, right, but we've said this before. You look at that. Who are the guys that, that, you know, really have succeeded in this rivalry? It was the Woody Hayes. It was the Bo Becklers, It was the, the, uh, the Jim Trestles. It was the Urban Myers. Now it's the Jim Harbaugh. It's the guys who have ties to Ohio slash Michigan, who went to those schools, who understand what it's all about. Those are the guys who are succeeding when it comes time for the rivalry. It's not the John Cooper who wins, uh, you know, 10, 11 games a year and and can't win that game. It's not Ryan Day who's having the same Cooper-esque type record. It's not the, the Rich Rodriguez's of the world who don't or aren't tied in. It was the guys who knew the rivalry, who lived the rivalry, and, you know, they understood what it's all about
3: they were truly they were truly they were invested. invested yes yeah and it's funny to me that that Ryan Day talks about how they prepare for this game year round and yet you still have your starting quarterback sit there and say that this is just another game you might be watching film okay and preparing but then when that comes out that tells me that we have a culture issue Yes. In this locker room that is the most john cooper thing i'm just never yeah. mind the on-field stuff the 11-1 and season and the only loss being to them this is a cultural issue and that is all that needs to be set like chris just said he pointed out all these great names all these great coaches for both sides of the rivalry they were emotionally invested and their locker rooms had that culture
2: I don't think we can say it any better, guys. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long off season because this is the third consecutive off season we're having to put up with the chatter coming from Ann Arbor. And quite frankly, we have to take it. We have to take it.
1: Well, the good news is when they have to vacate all their wins later this year, you know, at least we'll have some, some solace there. They'll be graping about that instead of bragging about how much they uh, have enjoyed beating up on us for three years.
2: Yeah, actually, it's a great comment. The urban psychology factor—that's what's missing. I wrote an yes. article about. I actually wrote an article about that on Scarlet and Game, where I, I, you know, what's the difference between Day and Urban Meyer? And as crazy and as psychotic as Urban Meyer might be as a human being, that's what made him a great coach. Yeah, he had an edge. There was an edge about him. Ryan Day doesn't seem to have that edge. Ryan Day's a great guy. And he runs a great program where the, the players love him and respect him. And he does a lot of wonderful things in the community for a lot of people. But sometimes I, that's why we all said we want angry Ryan Day. As much as we get made fun of crying Ryan Day after the Notre Dame game when he <laughs> called out uh, Lou, Holtz. Lou Holtz. Where's Lou Holtz at? Like I want that guy all the time, including at his own players. Remember that story, Chris, about the the Ohio Woody guy? Hayes. Woody Hayes was a butt kicker. He didn't say butt. Uh, we sometimes you need to be a butt kicker. Now I know you can't do it physically like Woody Hayes did. Or Urban but, Meyer. Hey, that's
3: what Oh, he wasn't bro. a butt
2: kicker. He no. he was a kicker, <laughs> kicker. <laughs> two statements. Two statements coming at you real fast from the chat. Kids are soft, and nah. day is soft. Uh, there's some truth to both of that. There's a little bit of truth to both of that. Hey, guys, this has been a lot of fun. We will not have a live show next Sunday night. It's Christmas Eve, guys. Why would you be wanting to watch us three, anyways, on Christmas Eve, man? And go enjoy your families next Christmas Eve. We will be back, however, in two weeks live for our, um, I guess it will be the Cotton Bowl review show. Wait, wait Is a it, We're going to be live on New Year's Eve? Yeah. That
3: this could be get inebriated. interesting.
2: That could get very interesting. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Send us send us a message on what kind of show you guys want for that one. We will be reviewing the Cotton Bowl, hopefully a cotton bowl victory. But uh New Year's Eve will be our next live show um, in the meantime, we will have some more shows for you. They just won't be live. We're going to be doing a, a recruiting show or a commitment day show for y'all. So be on the lookout for that uh, on our YouTube channel this week. Uh, you will find that show for you. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. I, my boss will be bringing that. Trust me. This guy's a that guy is a whiskey bourbon uh, a maniac. So, uh, <laughs> so a lot of all good things going on there. Um so, anyways, we will have that for you. We'll, we're going to have a preview of the Cotton Bowl. I'm I'm efforting getting some um, Missouri podcasters on the show as well, and of course. We always do our previews before every game where we look at things historically, statistically, and schematically. That's something we've we've been doing for years. We'll be sure and have all those videos for you as well. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, we appreciate you as well. Please give us a five-star review. We really do appreciate that. And uh, we'll have all of that for you in audio format in a podcast for, uh, for you as well. If you haven't already, hit the thumbs up to this video. We really do appreciate it. Please share us with all your Buckeye friends as well. Like I said, the last two weeks we have exploded. We've gotten more subscribers in the last two weeks than we did almost in the entire year combined uh, when we came to video and was it f- late February when we did our first shows? I think it was February. I
3: think so. It was February of uh,
2: this year, yeah, that we started. yeah, yeah, because we had we had uh, Wargo on was one of the yes. first guys we brought on. um. By the way, we'll get Wargo back on. Trust me. Uh, we've got some. We've actually got some pretty cool guests that we're lining up. Some former Buckeyes who will be on in the off season. Also, the um, <coughs> excuse me, the first live show after the bowl season will be our Buckeye Awards show. And if you've never seen Chris in his in his uh, tuxedo T-shirt, it is a must. It is a bust. So we will have that show for you. Uh, so a lot of good things coming your way, guys. So check, make sure you always check out our channel. Even when it's like, hey, I saw the live. I appreciate ever all of you being there. Come back to the channel daily because sometimes we have videos that you just didn't expect to see that will just pop in there. We get in and we talk about a topic one evening and it's like, guys, we need to talk about this. And we jump on. Uh, go check out JR's show. It's the Buckeye, or excuse me, the Big Ten Huddle. The Big Ten Huddle on YouTube. He's live right now. I think they're talking about basketball. So if you uh, are into Big Ten basketball, go check out his show right now. Anything else, guys?
1: That's all I got. Hey, it's nice to have a year where we don't have to be disgusted to talk about
2: Ohio State basketball, right, Eric? They did big UCLA this weekend. They they bounced back from losing at Penn State, right? I tell you, I have no idea how – How every we're like Penn State is a thorn in our side in basketball for some weird reason. Holtman cannot beat Penn State. It's ridiculous. He can't win, can't win Big Ten games on the road. But this is a football podcast. No one wants to hear about that. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll be back in two weeks on the live on New Year's Eve. It's gonna be a great time. Hopefully, we get to talk about Ohio State win. Otherwise. It might be a great time for another reason. I don't know. But either way, be checking out the, uh, the, the channel, be sharing. We appreciate all of you. Remember, be kind to another. IO Summers OH, H. seeing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Till next time, OH. H. IO. IO. Go, Bucks.
0: Say goodbye